to deter people from even minor sins because we take it oh, it's only it's only makru it's only undesirable there's an ikhtilaf about it I mean in this madhab it's not haram so that's these are it's a minor sin why are you so particular about this stuff you know we're in England we're in the West it's difficult we live in the modern you know times it's very difficult you can't survive you know, without this, all of these kind of excuses. Look who, you, look who you're saying this against. Then it becomes suddenly bigger. And then if he wants to take us to task for it, he's going to have the right to do it. Because remember, in the hereafter, nobody, nobody at all, for any punishment that Allah gives to them, is going to feel wronged. Because it's going to be so clear. There's going to be no delusion in the hereafter. There's going to be too many proofs against us. Allahi Rabbil Alameen Wassalatu wassalamu ala Sayyidina Muhammad Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een Amma ba'd To continue with our series on Shaykh Abdullah uh, Shaykh Ibn Ata'illah al-Iskandari's Kitab al-Hikam The Book of Wisdoms With a commentary by Shaykh Abdullah Gangohi Today it's one of my favorite ones It's a very, it's one of the short ones But it's the most simplest one But it's the most in I can't say most, but it's very intuitive. It teaches us such a massive lesson about us, our sins, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's that triangle that we're constantly dealing with, aren't we? I mean, there's the good deeds that becomes a square then, right? But it's generally us, uh, the sins, which are a barrier to Allah. I, don't, I won't even call that a triangle that's that's a barrier it's a barrier to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we need the good deeds to take us so this is number 50 on page 96 this is what he says it's absolutely fascinating he says la saghirata idha qabalaka adlu wa la kabirata idha wajahaka fadlu la saghirata idha qabalaka adlu wa la kabirata there is no minor sin when his justice confronts you. That sends shivers down your back. There's no minor sin when his justice confronts you. And there is no major sin when his grace confronts you. It's absolutely fascinating. Like, what inspiration this man had. Ibn Ata'illah al-Iskandari rahimahullah to have summed it up just like that. And what he's done essentially is that when you look in the hadith commentaries and the books of uh, good deeds and bad deeds and ethics and so on, there's this big discussion on what, how you define a small sin and a major sin. Various views about that. Um, multiple views about what a minor sin and what a major sin is. So I'll read you some of them so that you understand what he's saying. Say that some people say that the small sin is the one that doesn't have any warning or blameworthiness necessarily mentioned against it in any kind of harsh way in the Quran. If it does, like La taqrabu zina, don't go close to zina, or qatl, uh, killing is bad, or disobedience to parents, you know, where there's a warning against it, then that's a major sin. So anything with a warning is a major sin. Anything 
that doesn't have such a strong warning as a minor sin. That's one opinion. Another opinion is that anything for which there's a penalty to be paid, that's a major sin. For which there's no expiation or penalty, then it's a minor sin. Another opinion is that it's all relative. It's a minor sin compared to the other one, but it might be major compared to one lower than that. There's whole degrees of it. right? So there's multiple ways of looking at it. Minor sin is the one that you might have fallen into once and you could be forgiven, but then if you continue doing it, that becomes a major sin. So there's multiple opinions about that. So what he's saying here is that forget all of that. Just look at who you're sinning against. And the one you're sinning against who has given us everything from our existence to everything that we sustain ourselves with. The food that I had today, the food that you, you have eaten or that you're going to go and eat today, the clothing you wear, the air we breathe and everything. Just, just the ability to continue. And then being in a good situation is, uh, uh, is beyond that. How, with all of this kindness and generosity of Allah, how can you even do a minor sin? Like what is a minor sin? You can't even do that. That's one. The other one is that if Allah wanted... To just use his justice. And what he means by justice here is that, okay, you did this minor sin. You looked in that direction. You said this word. Okay, people in the world, the ulama called it a minor sin. But I'm going to punish you for it. Uh, do you think I have the right to punish you? Yes, I did wrong. So yes, you can punish me. Then we're in trouble, aren't we? What difference does it make then? So to deter people from even minor sins because we take it, it's only, it's only makru, ya akhi. It's only undesirable. There's an ikhtilaf about it. I mean, in this madhab, it's not haram. So that's, these are, it's a minor sin. Why are you so particular about this stuff? You know, we're in England. We're in the West. It's difficult. We live in the modern, you know, times. It's very difficult. You can't survive. You know, without this, all of these kind of excuses. Look who, you, look who you're saying this against. Then it becomes suddenly bigger. And then if he wants to take us to task for it, he's going to have the right to do it. Because remember, in the hereafter, nobody, nobody at all, for any punishment that Allah gives to them, is going to feel wronged. Because it's going to be so clear. There's going to be no delusion in the hereafter. There's going to be too many proofs against us. The angels... That we have, that's one proof. Allah says in the Quran. Whatever is in the heart will be revealed. Very difficult. How does the heart keep track of everything? There's no chips in there. Well, I mean, I guess recently Google has showed us that absolutely. Your phone keeps track of everything. You just have to ask for your report and it'll keep track of every single, every button you pressed. At what time? It has everything, it just keeps all of that. It just shows how that... Uh, the, the earth, that's another proof. The earth is going to be another proof. The day that it will reveal its news. So it's like the earth is a smart earth right now. That's why we're told to pray salat in different places. So it will bear witness for us. It's keeping track of all of that. You know, before any smart objects were... Created Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is what was shown to us in the Quran. And number four, the limbs will speak. The limbs will speak, as mentioned in the Quran as well. 
people are saying, why are you speaking against us? Oh, antaqana Allah, alladhi antaqa kulla shay. So there, there's no excuse. In paradise, in this world, people get punished and they feel they've been wronged, even though everybody's telling them, no, you deserve it. No, no. Because people are deluded sometimes. And sometimes, genuinely, somebody's been incriminated wrongly. Wrong evidence or oppressively, tyrannically, or whatever. So yeah, you could have that feeling of unfairness in this world. There is absolutely no feeling of unfairness in the hereafter. It's what you get. So imagine, for every little slip we've made, if Allah wants to take us to task for it, then what? So that's going to be his justice, right? So he's completely just in doing that. That's what he's saying. But then what he does is he says, for those who have committed sins and major sins, and like, oh no, you're talking about minor sins like that. But he's talking to two different groups of people. First, to deter those that don't even get into, if, you're aware, if you try to be careful of the big sins, and you're like, oh, minor sins are okay? No. This is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you're talking about. That's why the best way to sort ourselves out is to gain awareness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is the most sobering thing you can have in this life, is to get to know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How do you get to know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? We keep saying that. It's by reading more Quran with meaning. That's Allah in action. That's Allah's discourse. He's telling us exactly what He thinks, how He deals with people, what motivations He wants from people. And the best thing in the Quran that you're going to find is how He's just willing to forgive and to just make, make good. In fact, I'm willing to turn all of your mountain of bad deeds into good deeds. So I'll start you off with a mountain of good deeds. You know, one is, we're going to start from scratch again. After you've had a problem with somebody, then you kind of have to start from scratch. Allah says, I just want some sincere tawbah from you. And you know that big mountain of deeds that you're worried about? I'll start you off with good, good deeds in this place. So go and start from there. What, what more can you have than that? What more can you want than that? That's why there is no major sin once His grace confronts you. That's what he's saying. Can there be anything more hopeful than that, subhanAllah? It's amazing. All of these small sins, they're all based on the academics of it and what you read and the apparent matter of it. Just so that there's some kind of system in the world. Right? That, okay, people tend to do minor sins more easily. So, okay, you know, and we're going to wipe them out. So, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is an automatic system for minor sins. Every salat takes away minor sins. Your wudu takes away minor sins. Your istighfar, your any good deed you do, wipes away. So in the hasanat, yudhibna sayyat, good deeds, they wipe out bad deeds. So there's an automatic system of purity because Allah knows that we can't avoid everything because we're weak and the world is like that. So we might end up doing some minor sins. But stay away from the big sins. Like that, you have to make a special effort to do that. To make sure you don't do it at all. Okay, the other ones you make an effort not to, but you might still fall into it. You might think bad about somebody. You might say something that might just hurt somebody. Not in some perpetrated way, in some premeditated way, but you might just hurt somebody inadvertently, without realizing sometimes. You might just cast a glance at something that you're not supposed to. These, are, these all start off as minor sins. So he's saying that's all... We, we need that kind of system. 
However, when it gets to Allah, like you, the only way you can benefit from this though, is if you release yourself from thinking of it at such a low level and kind of elevate yourself to start recognizing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and look at it from His perspective, then suddenly things, you look at things differently. That's why they say that the carrot and the stick, the, the carrot and the stick is for people who are still on the lower level. Once you get high and you begin to understand who Allah is, then it's a whole different system that you work by. It's a whole different system that you start working by. You don't want Allah to be upset with you. Fear Allah is not the right word really. Because it says, you know, fear Allah. People translate, ittaqullah as fear Allah. In some sense, in an extended sense, it's okay. But fear, if you look at the dictionary definition of fear, fear is an intensely unpleasant emotion in response to perceiving or recognizing a danger or threat. Fear causes physiological changes that may produce behavioral reactions such as mounting an aggressive response or fleeing the threat. Does that apply to Allah? Are you going to have a mountain aggressive response to Allah? What are you going to do? People do though. People do. I don't care about Allah. I don't believe in Him because this is shook my faith. You know, that's an aggressive response. At least some type of it. And the other one is flee. Where are you going to flee to? Where are you going to flee to? The best example of this is, you know, when a toddler, a little child is misbehaves and a mum shouts at him, just observe what happens. Where does the child go? Does he run out of the room? Some child might do, but most of them, where are they going to go? They're going to go and grab onto the mother and hug her. Man, that's, where, that's the one who's sending you off and you're going back there? What does that mean? He knows, they instinctively know, they come from the realm of Allah. So they instinctively know that this is the safest place. But what happens when the father shouts at the child? That's a different response. Um, subhanallah. But that's our response with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's where, because the safest place is with Allah, because there's no escape from Him, there's nowhere to go. So I think what we need to do is rise above the basic elements of this. It's to rise above and say, I'm doing this purely for the sake of Allah, that He just needs to be happy with me. Paradise and hell, there are, that's a side thing. Allah needs to be pleased with me. And if I want to go to paradise, because I want to see Allah, because He's promised that we'll see Him every week. That's why I want to go to paradise. That's why I don't want to go to hell, because I won't be able to see Allah. He'll be unhappy with me. That's why I don't want to. Can you see? That? It's the same thing, but it's a different reasoning. It's a higher reasoning. And when you have a higher reasoning, you're going to do better. That's what Allah wants from us. La ilaha illallah. But the only way you can do this is to read the Quran carefully. Because Allah describes Himself. And He tells us, He engages us, He speaks to us. He sends us on guilt trips. He makes us think. He tugs at the cords of our heart. And if you want pur purification, you have to read the Quran. That's exactly the function for which the Prophet was sent. Allah says, 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent the Prophet sallallahu for yatlu alayhim ayati wa yuzakkihim wa yu'allimhu al-kitab al-hikmah He recites the verses to them and he purifies them So you recite the verses that has the benefit of purifying your heart So start reading the Quran That's how you do it Learn the names of Allah and ponder over each of the names Because Allah has given us these names so we can know Him Allah has infinite names because He's an infinite in uh, essence, infinite entity, so it's infinite names. Scholars have tried to gather as many as possible up to, I don't know, 500 or whatever, but he has infinite names. Like there's just, as we say in the dua, those names that you've kept for yourself. Anyway, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is, he tells us in Surah Al Zumar, Allah says, 40, uh, verse 48, that came became evident from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that that thing became evident that they would never have imagined so Allah is going to look at the sum total and especially the last state of our life full of sins but the last state was positive Allah is willing to forgive what happens with some people is that if you've messed somebody around then you've created a massive distrust hatred maybe but if they're family or collect, and they have to assist you and you have to mend the relation to them and say, okay, we'll see how you do things. Okay, do this. We'll see how you do this. I'll give you a, a job again, but we'll see how it goes. And you're going to have to really prove yourself so that you're going to compensate for all those years of misdeed. But with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it can be done in a moment. With everybody else, the heart has to mend. And it takes a while to mend. And some people are very stubborn about that. Some people are very unforgiving about that. But Allah is, no, I'll, I'll forgive you. I just want to see that sincerity. So the, when the fadl comes, then all your major sins is nothing. Then he will pull and push the land for you to get you into Jannah. As he did to that guy who killed 99 people. I don't need to tell you his whole story. Everybody knows the story. But the significant point for me is, wow, when the angels came to measure... Because is he going to hell or is he going to paradise? So they said, okay, we're going to decide whether he's closer to the new place he was going to to escape his bad company or he's closer. He was actually closer to the place he'd just departed from. So he should have gone to hell. But Allah says to the land, okay, uh, to the land on this side, you expand and you, you contract and then made the angels measure. Allah moves mountains for you to get you to where you want. Allah will move mountains for you. Just we don't know Allah, this is what it is. You know, just, how do you explain this? You just have to develop a relationship with Allah and your happiness will grow. Troubles might not go away, but you'll be able to deal with them. If you can't deal with troubles, you're disconnected from Allah. That's simple matter. Like, you may be overwhelmed with trouble. You may not know physically how to deal with the leak that's taking place. The rattle in your car. Like, you know, you take it to five mechanics, still can't figure it out. Becoming a wali of Allah doesn't mean that you won't have those troubles. But you'll be relaxed. Like, okay, if that's how Allah wants it, what am I going to do? So you'll deal with it. And if you can just deal with the difficulties of life in this world and pass through, we've got a successful life. Why have a miserable life? Why have a miserable life? Difficulties might come. Inshallah, they won't come. Allah Ta'ala protect us. But why... Trouble yourself when you can't do anything about some things. So we have to rise up. 
we have to rise up to understand who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is. To remember Him often. To make Him part of our life. Because He is part of our life. We're just ignoring Him. So we just have to make sure that we recognize Him for who He is. Because that's where, for whomever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then decides that yes, this guy, yes, he's made amends. He's sincere now. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَأُولَٰئِكَ يُبَدِّلُ اللَّهُ سَيِّئَاتِهِمْ حَسَنَاتِ These people, all of their bad deeds, Allah changes them into good deeds for them. Al-Furqan, Surah Al-Furqan. So you know all of the time that you messed around, I'm not going to cut that pay, I'm actually going to pay you for that now. All the wages that I cut, I'm actually going to pay you that now. Because you've just, today you've shown that you're different. Just one day you've shown you're different. Just looking for that one tear to come down. Then all the past can be wiped out. Okay, you might mess up again, but you can do another tear as long as you get tawfiq. Don't do it with the intention that I'm just going to do another tear to wipe it out. So if you look at um, our deeds, good and bad, as just signs of where we're going. It's, it's just, at the end of the day, if we're doing more good deeds, that means we've gone onto the right track. And if we're still doing more bad deeds, it means we're still off track. That, that's why we're still stumbling around in the dark and all, you know, messing around. So the, the deeds, you could say, are significant, but really all they are, they're just a sign of what thing, how things are and where we're going. That's all it is, really. So think of deeds as signs. Always, if I do a misdeed, that's just a sign that I'm not there yet. I'm still off track. If I do a good deed, Alhamdulillah, it looks like I'm getting on track. Uh, last whole week was very good. Alhamdulillah, I was on the right track. I'm getting closer. Just look at it that way, as opposed to the deed itself. You know? So that's why, um, even though they're signs, they're going to be very different in different situations. Because it depends also on the situation in which you do a deed. That's why... It's important that you don't get so hopeful that you're never scared anymore and you think you are now got some kind of contract with Allah and He's promised you and given you a guarantee or something. On the other hand, you don't want to become despondent and it's not worth it. I'm not going to get anywhere. I keep messing up. You don't want that as well. It needs to be in between both, as they say. The reason is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's decisions have been made because He knows the future of us. And what we're going to do, he knows that anyway. So, we have to make the best out of that. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala deals with us with his, as I said earlier, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala deals with us with his justice, then no small sin remains small. Then what the punishment of, do you even know what the punishment of a small sin is? That we're like, okay, it's just a small sin. It's a small sin, so there is a punishment for it. Do we know what that sin is? Have we tried it out and it's okay? We can deal with it? We don't. So imagine when we turn up in the hereafter and we didn't care about small sins and now just think about it like that. But on the other hand, if we just please Allah, we just display that sincerity and maintain that sincerity, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is willing to just give us His grace and His just bestow us with His, in, in His benevolence, with with his ihsan and jamal and beauty and everything else, then after that there's no big sin left. Once you recognize Allah, 
truly you can't have a big sin left because you're going to seek forgiveness straight away. You know Allah too well. That's the benefit of knowing Allah well. So all these big sins will become small sins. Yahya ibn Mu'adh al-Razi, he says that from Allah, إِذَا أَنَالَهُمْ لَمْ تَبْقَ لَهُمْ When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grants them His grace, then there can't be any evil deed, any sin left. There can't be any sin left. But وَإِذَا وَضَعَ عَلَيْهِمْ لَمْ تَبْقَ لَهُمْ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to start looking at things with a you know, his equations and just and principles, then there can't be any good deeds left. They're all going to be wiped out with, because of the misdeeds. One of the best hadith, the most optune hadith to think about this, you probably know about it, where this guy is going to turn up on the Day of Judgment and 99 hard drives, book of deeds, bad deeds, 99 of them, it says. Sijil records, all evil, bad deed, bad deed, bad deed, bad deed. Kullu sijil basar. Every one of these records is as far as your eye can see. You know, in a modern sense, I know it's like terabytes of this stuff. Allah knows best what it's going to be. Right? And then after that, suddenly you get that little card, little stick, right? and it's going to have, it's a as much as a um, fingertip. Fiha shahadatu Allah ilaha illallah with what kind of sincerity, subhanallah. And all of those things will just wipe all of them out, deleted because of this la ilaha illallah, this beautiful la ilaha illallah. It's just somebody might say, okay, I'll just, I've got a, quite a few la ilaha illallahs. Is it that proper one? Have you checked it out? Is it that la ilaha illallah that mashallah carries such a virus that it will just kill everything else? Is it that special la ilaha If you know, give me one as well. That's the thing. We don't know if that, you know, with that sincerity and with that in, in mind, subhanallah. Now all, that hadith, what does that tell us? It tells us about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's immense rahmah, forbearance and generosity and grace and, and his, uh, his karam. And his uh, bounty upon people. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Ya Allah, deal with us with your bounty. But main thing is, Ya Allah, allow us to understand you. To get to recognize you for who you are. You created us so that you could be recognized. But we are not recognizing you. We're just having a good time. Ya Allah, allow us to recognize you. Shaykh Abdullah Gangohi says on this, his commentary is, Should Allah's attribute of justice and adl, be manifested on the earth, dealing with us, and he started dealing with us, according to the strict criteria of such equity, then the smallest of sins would be treated as an enormity. If he started punishing us for every small thing, imagine it. For everything, you're going to either get a prick, or a slap, or a kick, or a thump on the head, or something's going to be taken away from you. Just imagine. He hasn't done so. Allah is too benevolent, even with those who deny him, still gives them food to eat. So, in truth, a minute action of disobedience to such a majestic and great Lord and benefactor, whose grandeur is infinite and bounties are incalculable, justifies the application of complete punishment upon the disobedient one. Who are you transgressing against? 
If, on the other hand, though, his grace becomes manifested, we invoke his grace somehow, then our greatest sins wane into oblivion. After becoming insignificant due to his magnanimous forgiveness. What beautiful explanation that is. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to take this to heart and allow this for us to develop and enhance our understanding of Allah. وَآخِرُ الدَّعْوَانَا أَنِ الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ اللهم أنت السلام ومنك السلام تبارك يا ذي الجلال والإكرام اللهم يا حي يا قيوم برحمتك نستغيث اللهم يا حنان يا منا لا إله إلا أنت سبحانك إنا كنا من الظالمين جز الله عنا محمد ما هو أهله يا الله we ask you we beseech you for your grace for your love for your benevolence for your generosity for your forgiveness يا الله for your love O oh Allah, grant us your love. O oh Allah, make your love more beloved to us than cool water on a hot day. O oh Allah, we ask that you purify us. You give us tawfiq to read the Qur'an, to understand and ponder the Qur'an. O oh Allah, that you give us the ability to imbibe the Qur'an in our life, to be illuminated by the Qur'an, to be inspired by the Qur'an, for the Qur'an to be the light for us that it's supposed to be. Oh Allah, we have a lot of negligence. Ya Allah, we have procrastinated. Oh Allah, we have delayed. Oh Allah, we have been negligent. Oh Allah, we have been heedless. Oh Allah, we have been out, 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 outright sinners. Oh Allah, outright violations we have to our name. Ya Allah, forgive us. Ya Allah, forgive us. Oh Allah, forgive us. Oh Allah, make turning towards you easy for us. O oh Allah, grab us by the forelocks and enter into us into paradise. O oh Allah, pick us up. O oh Allah, we are in a fallen state. O oh Allah, O oh Allah, we see that in the world when somebody needs help, people help them and assist them. O oh Allah, we ask you for assistance because nobody else can help us in this regard. O oh Allah, grab us by the forelocks and enter us into paradise. O oh Allah, we ask that you protect us and our children from all of the influence, evil influences which are out there, from all of the distractions which are out there. Oh Allah, the dunya is only getting bigger and bigger every day around us. The dunya is just getting more attractive for us every day. The, the dunya is beckoning us more and more each day. Oh Allah, the hereafter though is coming closer, and the paradise and the dunya is actually getting further. But oh Allah, we don't see it that way. Oh Allah, allow the akhirah to be important for us. Oh Allah, allow the sobering thought of death to overtake us. Allow us to be balanced and oh Allah, allow us to be focused. Allow us to invest in the hereafter. We've invested enough in this world. Oh Allah, allow us to invent, invest in the hereafter. Oh Allah, protect all of our investments. Protect all of our efforts. Oh Allah, protect all of our efforts. Do not let us see a bad day, especially in the hereafter when we stand in front of you. Oh Allah, accept from us. Oh Allah, accept from us. Oh Allah, accept from us. سبحان ربك رب العزه عما يصفون وسلاما على المرسلين والحمد لله the point of a lecture is to encourage people to act to get further an inspiration an encouragement persuasion the next step is to actually start learning seriously to read books to take on a subject of islam and to understand all the subjects of islam at least at their basic level so that we can become more aware of what our deen wants from us uh, and that's why we started uh, Rayyan courses, so that uh, you can actually take organized lectures uh, on demand whenever you have free time, especially, for example, the Islamic Essentials uh, course that we have on there, the Islamic Essentials Certificate, which 
you take 20 short modules and at the end of that inshallah you will have gotten the, the basics of uh, most of the most important topics in Islam and you'll feel a lot more confident. You don't have to leave lectures behind, you can continue to, leave, uh, you know, to listen to lectures, but you need to have this more sustained study as well. Jazakallah khairan. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.